Many are familiar with the blockbuster film A Few Good Men, starring Tom Hanks and Jack Nicholson, but few know about the subsequent murder from its making. You're listening to Casting Vine Lake, based in Medfield, Massachusetts. We are your hosts, Maggie Scales and Grace Mitchell. For most, the term dead field means sleepy summer days with nothing to do. But for an unfortunate few, it takes on a much darker meaning. On today's episode, we'll be picking apart the ongoing mystery of David Cox's murder and how even a nationwide scandal could connect back to our small town of Medfield, Massachusetts. David Cox was born in Boston, Massachusetts, and grew up in nearby Needham, where he lived until joining the Marine Corps fresh out of high school. He joined with a close friend, Jay Steves, with whom he made a pact during high school that they would join the Marines together. In his time with the Corps, David was stationed in several places across the world, namely Panama, South Korea, and Guantanamo Bay, Cuba. As a Marine, David's first overseas assignment was at the naval base in Guantanamo Bay, Cuba in 1986. Here, David was a part of Rifle Security Company, Windward Side, 2nd Platoon, along with 29 other Marines. He belonged to an unofficial group of Marines known as the Ten, who would have stationed Marines perform exhausting physical challenges, such as running in full gear in 100-degree heat or hanging from a 60-foot tower. The Ten is super dramatic as a name. Uh, How many do you think there were? Approximately eight. Eight? I feel like they probably thought they were so badass. Be like, oh yeah, we're the ten. <laughs> Just a bunch of alpha males took yeah. it upon oh, themselves. God. Oh. oh my god. William Alvarado, a fellow Marine, complained to a Texas congressman about the horrible atmosphere the ten had created down in Guantanamo Bay, noting things like the men firing shots into Cuba over the fence, as well as other illegal activity. Alvarado actually asked to leave. Because of this, a code red was called by the ten in the attempt to show Alvarado that he can't just leave. Mind you, calling a code red essentially means extrajudicial punishment, meaning that the Ten took the liberty of hazing this guy, sneaking into his room in the middle of the night, restraining him, blinding him with tape, and stuffing a pillowcase into his mouth as a gag. Cox planned on shaving his head as an additional punishment, but as the assaulting and beating progressed, Alvarado began choking, causing his lungs to fill with fluid as he choked up blood and began to turn purple. The Ten, thankfully, had the decency to stop beating Alvarado up and call for help. Alvarado was quickly transferred to a hospital in Miami, Florida, where he made a full recovery. Wow, we're just trying to do some illegal activities, and you come around and saying you feel unsafe that we're shooting random shots, so you try to leave the Marine Corps? You think you're getting out of this? Is that what you're trying to do? You know what we're going to do? We're going to almost kill you. And then we're going to be like, hey, maybe we should stop this, and let's go to a hospital. But first, we're going to bind you. We're going to blind you. And we're going to think about shaving your head, but that would be too far. That would be too far. I know. (laughs) (laughs) We'll show him. Bad haircut. Like, what? Yeah, we'll show you. We'll show you. We'll tie your hands behind your back. We'll think about shaving your head, but maybe that would be too much. Yeah, that's a little too far. That's a little too far. Following Alvarado's brush with death, the ten obviously weren't going to get off scot-free. Also, if they had, if I were Alvarado, I'd be like, what the heck? Yeah. They bind me up and try to shave my head and this is how you were paying me? Just because they're the alpha males. Just because they're the alpha males and they can't get punished. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, stay tuned to find out what options they had. The ten were given two choices, either a plea bargain or a court martial. 
The plea bargain would mean that none of them would be convicted with any criminal charges, but would be dishonorably discharged from the Marines, whereas a court-martial would charge them with attempted murder and conspiracy to commit murder. So I feel like there was an obvious choice here. I mean, they've probably already lost the respect of everyone in the Marines because of the Code Red, so the plea bargain seems like a pretty sweet deal. Way more than they deserve, if you ask me. So understandably, the majority of the men took the plea bargain and left in 1989. I feel like... Okay, so the majority, that means that there was a minority of people who didn't take the plea Correct. bargain. What, what would possess you to do that? <laughs> like, like I understand that being dishonorably discharged for the military looks really bad. Yeah. But you know what else looks bad? Murder. A murder conviction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and I mean, I don't know how, you know, you can plead innocent, but you can. how go long on. is that going to go? But then again, this really did happen, so... Yeah, and you can we'll you see. can go on to do something else. You don't have to be a, um, a marine. A marine, yeah. yeah. If you get discharged. If you have a murder conviction, you probably can't go on to do. Yeah, something Yeah, I don't else. think I don't think anyone's gonna be like, oh, oh, you murdered somebody. Okay, come on my lawn. <laughs> it's not gonna happen. But we'll we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see. Three years later, in 1992, the movie A Few Good Men was released. Inspired by the 1989 events at Guantanamo Bay, the film centers around the military lawyer who clears the two men on trial of their murder charges. Keeping in mind that, in the movie, the William Alvarado character was actually killed. After the movie's release, members of the Ten were furious with the inaccurate portrayal of the events in Guantanamo Bay, including David himself. After going to court and being ruled guilty for simple assault, David continued his service in the Marines and was later honorably discharged in 1989 at the rank of corporal. Fast forward to 1994. David was back from Guantanamo Bay and home in Natick, Massachusetts, where he lived with his girlfriend, Elaine Tinsley. Tinsley went to work on the morning of January 5th, 1994, just like any other day. But what was out of the normal was how she didn't hear from her boyfriend all day long. This day in particular was also one that the two were anxiously anticipating as David was awaiting a call from UPS with a possible offer for a permanent position with the company. Obviously, when Tinsley returned home from work, she was freaking out because nobody had heard from David all day, nor was he home. Come the next day, Tinsley filed a missing persons report with the Natick Police Department. Three months later, a man canoeing down the Charles River in Medfield, Massachusetts, came across a body in a Marine's uniform sticking out of a bush alongside the river. One thing I'd like to point out about Marines is that they hardly ever wear their uniforms in public, nor do they like to, heightening the suspicion around his death even more. Did he kill himself? Did he know his killer? Was this a plan amongst the ten after the Code Red incident? So first of all, I'd like to say that that escalated really quickly, because mm-hmm. this timeline goes very rapidly. I haven't heard from David in a while. I'm home now. David's not here. Missing persons report. David's found dead! Like, <laughs> oh my god. The, oh, jeez, that must have been so jarring. Like, you, one day he's there, and the next day he's gone. For three months, you have no idea where he is. Yeah. And then he's dead. Yeah, and one thing I want to, like, point out is that he was shot and killed, and so his body was found on top of eight inches of snow and under another 15. So it was very well preserved, which I guess is a good thing for the purpose of solving a murder. Exactly. But it's also disturbing. Yeah. But, I mean, this whole thing is disturbing. But I guess we'll see what happens next. 
Living in Medfield, I'd like to point out that for a good distance on either side of the river is a lot of marshy land with tall grass, greatly separating it from the road or any land that someone could easily walk on. Um, and so when the men discovered what we now know are David Cox's remains, he was almost a mile away from the nearest road. After must, much investigation on this murder, it was concluded that he was killed execution style, shot four times to the neck and torso. So was he shot from behind? Yes. Okay. This is just like, there's too, there's too many details. Because the jacket is really throwing me off. I don't understand why he was wearing his jacket. I know, and I was, like, talking with a lot of people while we were investigating this case, and I thought that, like, oh, he knew he was going to die that day, so he put it on as some kind of a message, but people were saying, like, oh, what if he was killed, and then they took his jacket and put, a, put it on him, so yeah, he didn't that even, would like, be intend terrifying. for that to happen. That would be really scary, because I think there were, there were people saying that he was taken from his home, so he may not have driven himself there, he may have just been straight up taken, because I think, actually... There was one detail from the case where his, his girlfriend came home, and I think his truck was in the driveway, mm-hmm, which would mm-hmm. mean that he had been brought to this location. So it would make sense that he had put on the jacket as a way of saying, this is who killed me. Yeah. Because he knew he was in deep These aren't, um, like, military people buried in their uniforms when yeah. they die. Yeah. So I think, that, I think there's, there's different kind of uniforms, though, but I have no yeah. idea what he was wearing. I, I don't know anything about the Marines, but um, this is, it, this, it, that, those, like, whole, that set of details makes me think that it was someone that he knew from the Marines. Yeah, like a member of the 10 who was, like, mad that he had, like, released this information. And, or had that interview on the radio yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll see. Time to do more digging. One portion of this timeline that we can't skip over is the 1992 premiere of A Few Good Men, after which Cox did a radio interview discussing the actual events at Guantanamo Bay. We can all agree that what happened between the 10 and William Alvarado is disgraceful, and for that reason, David's telling of the events may have angered a lot of his fellow Marines. So with this being said, and considering that his murder is still up for speculation, I personally can't help but think that it may have been another Marine, maybe even a member of the 10. Other people have different theories. David's brother Steve, for instance, believes the murder may have involved a situation David accidentally walked in on at UPS. According to Steve, a couple months before his disappearance, David mentioned walking in on something between one of the supervisors and a driver. David said it may have been theft or some kind of drug-related activity. It's entirely possible that David was murdered because he had seen too much, but that still doesn't explain why he was wearing his uniform when he died or why he was in the middle of the woods in the first place. I want to go back to the interview for a moment that he did on the radio Mm -hmm. because that makes me feel... I mean, okay, this entire thing is sad, but that makes me feel upset because I think he was one of the guys who was upset after the movie was released because he thought that it was an inaccurate portrayal. I mean, obviously it was a fictionalized account, but... I could see why they would be mad. Um, and I feel like him doing this interview was an attempt at making things right. And mm-hmm. then to have his friends, like, me potentially murder him over it is just yeah. so upsetting to me because this may have been his attempt at, like, righting some wrongs that Hollywood had made. And, like, yeah, now exactly. he's being killed for it. It's just, like... I, I don't know. It feels like a misunderstanding. And I can't help but think that this wouldn't have happened if A Few Good Men hadn't been released. I know. And I feel like... 
I don't know if this is like too crazy, but maybe the police could get in contact with some of the people who made the film. Yeah, that's a really good point. Because maybe they know something, like maybe they spoke to David at some point. I'm sure, you know, they've had lawyers in contact with Especially the now men. that the case is reopened. And I know right. now it's in, the, it's in the hands of like the state police now. It's right. Like and there were, I know for a fact that there were lawsuits involved with the movie because these men were essentially, and to the, you know, in their opinions, they were slandered. So, I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. David's case was recently reopened for further investigation. It is entirely possible that we will never know what really happened to him. In the meantime, we can only speculate. If you would like to pay your respects, you can find David Cox's grave in Needham Cemetery, Needham, Massachusetts.